And so if you find yourself in a season of waiting, remember that that season can be as meaningful as what it is that you're waiting for. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. I am sharing something that I am so excited to share. I am pregnant again. So we are due 11-11 of this year, and it's honestly been super hard to keep this secret for the past few months. Before I dive into this episode where I'll share things like the timing of our pregnancy, the things I did for the past eight months to prepare my body all of my fears surrounding being pregnant again and how I'm navigating life and business as we prepare for baby number two, I also want to be super cognizant and make sure that you understand that this episode might have a few triggers depending on where you are on your own personal journey. In this episode, I'm going to share a bit of our history with loss and fears around another miscarriage. I'm going to be sharing about how we approached getting pregnant this time around. And I also know from my past that sometimes just simply hearing these stories, the good and the bad ones, can be unhealthy and can also be hurtful. So I just want to caution you if you are in a season of loss or of trying and feel like this might not be helpful information, I 100% invite you to press pause and come back for our next episode or visit a different episode in our library of hundreds of shows. I have been there and the last thing that I personally want to do is add any more pain to whatever struggle you might be facing. I just want you to know you're not alone and that I care about you. So today, as I dive into this super exciting news, I hope that it sheds a necessary light on the struggles and the triumphs women in business specifically face when it comes to growing their families. And I hope that in sharing my story, it empowers you to make the best decisions for yourself as you navigate a life filled with digging goals and living out loud, whatever that will look like for you. So let's dive on in to our exciting news now that it's out in the world. Thanks to ShipStation for supporting Gold Digger. With ShipStation, your small business can now access the same rates usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies without the contracts or commitments. Go to ShipStation.com and use my offer code Gold Digger for a 60-day free trial. Thanks to Gusto for supporting the Gold Digger podcast. Gusto offers modern, easy payroll and benefits to small businesses across the country. They were even named Best Online Payroll by PC Meg. Get three months free when you run your first payroll at gusto.com slash gold digger. Oh my goodness, like where do we even begin? I feel like I have so much to tell you and... 
Man, I'm just really excited to be sharing this. So before we dive into this pregnancy, I just want to quickly share a little bit about our past experiences on our journey to grow our family. So Drew and I had been married about five years. This year is our 10-year reunion. Can you believe it? 10 years. It's crazy. So about five years into our marriage, after we boldly proclaimed that we were never going to have kids, our hearts started to change and something shifted. Like a month after getting my birth control removed, I had an IUD at the time. We were in Hawaii and unexpectedly found out I was pregnant. And I truly wasn't expecting it to happen so fast. And I wasn't super in tune with my body at the time. So it was a total shock for me. Like I was just anticipating my period coming any day. I packed tampons with like so much has changed since then. But at the time I had no idea. So After we were home, we went in for our first ultrasound and we heard the words and these words to this day just like kind of take my breath away. But the doctor said, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. And a few weeks passed. I did a lot of blood work, extra ultrasounds just to confirm. And then I had a scheduled surgery to remove the baby and the tissue and You know, at this point, we were devastated, but we were still super hopeful. You know, we were like, okay, this is a part of our story. It totally sucks, but hopefully there's meaning. Hopefully there's a reason. Hopefully we can do something with this mess we find ourselves in. So, At this stage of our lives, it was really interesting because Drew was selling wine. I was a full-time wedding photographer. And so we waited an entire year to give us time to kind of grieve and heal and then eventually, quote, try again, which I hate that phrase, but try again. So it's really wild when I look back at that time now because so much of my life revolved around my work schedule. Like the day I found out I was pregnant in Hawaii – I started calculating and I was like, I'm going to have to cancel five weddings. Like immediately everything was like focused around work. And the reality was at that time I was a breadwinner. And the fact that the Midwest wedding season was six months long meant that I wanted to do my best to strategically plan a pregnancy that allowed me to work have a maternity leave, all these things. Like the thought process around trying meant that we wanted to wait an entire year to do it again. So the next year we tried again. And after a few months, we were pregnant again. And we actually found out about the pregnancy in Hawaii again. And it felt like total deja vu, but it also felt kind of like this like redemption song to our first loss. And we returned home. We heard the glorious noise of this little tiny heartbeat. And so much of us believed we were in the clear. But a week later, our doctor requested a follow-up ultrasound because the baby was measuring small. And at that ultrasound, we heard the same words again. I'm so sorry. There's no heartbeat. I remember at that appointment, I got dressed so fast And I left before I could even hear what was next because I was so sad and I was just distraught and I was angry. And I called my mom in the parking lot and I remember barely getting out the words like, why does this keep happening? Why me? And I remember this moment that happened later that day. I was curled up in the fetal position and I was like laying in my bed with my dog Tucker next to me and it totally hit me with this new level of fear, like the exact same thing had happened again. The similarities in our loss, the timing, everything about it. I mean, it was terrifying. And the fact that I was in that 1% who experienced back-to-back losses made me feel so alone. Like if you've ever been a statistic, 
and you've been that one in a hundred or one in a thousand or whatever. It, I mean, it, it's so isolating. It's, it's like, what is wrong with me? And so I started to question like what's happening in my body. And, and the fear hit me that maybe our dreams of growing a family, they might never come true. And that year I was starting to shift out of wedding photography. So I was still shooting full time, but I was starting to kind of explore other areas of business. And I had joined a mastermind and our meetup was happening the week after our second loss. And, you know, when I think about my decision to go, even in that crazy time, like I wanted to do anything to escape my reality. And it's probably not the healthiest way to grieve, but my gut was like, run far away, like get out of this house, like just get away from this. And since my body once again, didn't recognize that the baby had stopped growing and the heartbeat had faded, we booked another surgery. And the night before the surgery, I actually ended up miscarrying at home and my mom was with me. And the experience is very different than what doctors will tell you in my, in my experience. They say, you know, it's like a heavy period, but Having been through labor now, it's very much like feeling contractions and and your body is telling you that it's time to push. And it was just a really, really devastating experience to go through. And I ended up still having surgery the following day. And so it was just felt like a double whammy. <laughs> like it was just, it was awful. So after our second loss, I, I started to really dig into fertility and my body. And I was like dedicated. I had this new mission, this new desire to try to find answers and, and to try to give our losses meaning. I don't know if you've ever been through something devastating like that, but like when you're like, there has to be a reason or there has to be meaning here. And, and I was just like dead set on figuring out what that was. And in the mastermind I was in, there's actually a naturopath fertility doctor, Dr. Lowe. And in a twist of fate, I had found this note that she had written me months before our second loss saying, I will be here to help you with your fertility. Call me. And I called her and she officially became my doctor. And so I showed up at the mastermind and she had this basket of things just to help me nourish my body and to help me care for my body in that awful time. And, uh, I, was ready to just like investigate, like what's going on inside of my body? How do I heal? What's next? I think that's a question a lot of us ask ourselves on this journey. Like what the heck is next? Now, it's easy for me to see in hindsight, like how much I grew in our season of waiting. Like when you are in those seasons and somebody tells you something like this, you're like, oh, BS, this sucks. But now looking back, I'm like, whoa, like there was so much growth happening. I did blood tests, allergy tests. I started taking supplements based on the findings. I treated the adrenal fatigue that running full steam ahead for years on end had given me. I focused on ways to lower my cortisol and manage my stress. Like I was reading the books. I was listening to the podcast. I was in the forums. Like I was obsessed with just learning all of these things that I'm like, how do they never teach us this stuff in school? And it's kind of hilarious because if you've been listening to the show for years, I used to have a line in the intro about how I love mac and cheese. I still love mac and cheese, spoiler. But I, this carb-loving girl, had to abandon gluten overnight because I now had this compelling enough reason to start to heal my body from the inside out when I found that I was really, really sensitive, almost allergic to gluten. And I downloaded an app called Think Dirty. 
It's not what you think. Uh, And scanned every product in my home. So basically, this app tells you like what chemicals are in your products, how clean your products are. So I threw away all the harsh chemicals because I learned that those chemicals can disrupt your hormones. I changed up my skincare and personal products to non-toxic and natural solutions. You know my love for Primally Pure. I am obsessed. And I started to feel empowered knowing my body better. Like, this like power came through as I started to understand my body and its systems and the ways I can support it. And I don't know about you, but like anyone can tell me generalized health information. Like I know a lot about healthy eating and exercise and like all those things we hear all the time, but it never really sticks for me until I know specifically what my body needs. And so this information really empowered me. And I started to like almost come home to myself. I feel like when I went through my losses, I like separated my my soul and my body because I was so angry that my body had failed me. And, and there was just a lot of anger there that I had to release and, you know, really go through the process of grief without burying myself into work, which was a really big tendency of mine. And so if you find yourself in a season of waiting remember that that season can be as meaningful as what it is that you're waiting for. And when I specifically look at our lives when we were first pregnant versus our lives when I was finally pregnant with Coco and that three-year time span where we were just waiting, the beauty of it was that we absolutely worked while we were waiting to build a life that was conducive to these visions that we hoped parenthood could actually look like. You know, in those three years, so much changed. I mean, our lives were like night and day different. I continued to cut back on weddings. I shifted more into the education space, being able to work wherever I could have my Wi-Fi and a laptop. It allowed me more weekends to be at home, less traveling with my camera, drew with his aspirations. I mean, this guy dreamt of being a stay-at-home dad, and, and that only added more guilt for me when it wasn't happening. But he wanted to be a stay-at-home dad so much. And he ended up leaving the wine industry and created a personal health coaching business that allowed him to work from home and gave us the freedom to travel together. And we ultimately ended up making the decision to move back to Minnesota for me to be closer to my family and to leave behind the house that we had envisioned growing our family in. That house had almost just become this place of like grief and loss. Like, You know, there was rooms we had picked out for kids' rooms and all these things we had dreamt of. And walking by those doors every day just just felt like a stab in the heart, you know? And it was kind of surreal because the day after we moved into our new home in Minnesota, I took a pregnancy test and I saw the word pregnant. And that was the beginning of my pregnancy with Coco. That pregnancy was extremely hard for me. Like when I think about being pregnant with Coco, like I was worried the entire time. I did not really allow myself to connect with her because I was just so afraid of losing her. I was also incredibly sick and just not mentally prepared for how that would take a toll on me and my business and my mental health. I really struggled through the first five months of my pregnancy and it was so confusing to me because I was so thrilled and I was so thankful, but I was also like miserable. 
It was the first time in my life that I ever experienced depression, which I later discovered is a side effect of the extra progesterone I was taking to help me sustain the pregnancy. And while I had mentally prepared for a maternity leave, I had never imagined being stuck in bed horizontal, like not able to work for months on end at the beginning of my pregnancy. And one thing that I think a lot of people don't talk about, I actually just voice texted a friend the other day who's pregnant after doing IVF. And and I could hear the pain in her voice when she announced her pregnancy because she knew what it was like to be on the other end of those announcements. And I struggled with this kind of like survivor's guilt because after experiencing and publicly sharing and navigating two losses, it was super hard emotionally for me to cross over and to allow myself to be pregnant and to embrace a pregnancy. And when I was 20 weeks pregnant, We were in Hawaii and I went to see my acupuncturist and I remember her telling me like, you need to give yourself permission to just cross over. And I remember she walked out of the room and I was laying on the table just crying and uh, the Hawaii version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow came on and I had a hand on my belly and I was just like inviting myself like, it's okay to find joy that you are pregnant, that this baby is healthy, that like you've, you've gotten this far. And so... Anyways, of course, Coco entered our world. She changed our lives forever. And suddenly those losses and the three years it took to finally meet her had made more sense to me. I mean, you never get over it. I I don't think you ever fully recover. You learn how to live with that loss just in a different way. It, It no longer controls you. Um, and so meeting her just really transformed so much of my life and my identity and my purpose and my values. And I mean, motherhood has just been crazy. (laughs) It's a gift. It's exhausting. It's inspiring. It's the best and the hardest job in the world. And, and there's just so much that's impossible to explain. Right. So Coco, her first year of life, I blacked out my calendar and just gave myself time to settle into motherhood and make decisions closer to the request. So I basically just said, I'm not putting a single thing on my calendar. And if I get opportunities or things that pop up that feel aligned and that feel attainable, given the fact that I was adjusting to being a mom... It just gave me that flexibility because I just didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what I didn't know. So that was her whole first year of life. I ended up nursing her until 18 months. My goal was to make it to 12 months. We ended up going until about 18 months, which was such a gift and something I actually really just enjoyed and was was surprised by. And so by the time her second birthday rolled around, I was finally really feeling like myself again. And I know that might sound weird, but I kind of look back and I'm like, that first year of her life felt like a fog. It, it felt like a lot of figuring it out. And you know, you're limited on sleep. You're in this new schedule. You're trying to navigate what life with a newborn looks like. It, it's all these new things. We traveled a ton with her. That girl went to Hawaii, California, New York, Fiji, Australia, New Zealand, like we just took her everywhere with us, which was such an incredible experience. And then once she was one, you know, then it was just a whole, it's always a new ball game. That's what parenthood is. It's like, once you figure things out, they change. And so I really needed that extra time to kind of come back to myself, to kind of get back into the work, to trust in my ability to lead a team again, and to really just 
kind of honor both of my identities, the identity of being a mother and the identity of having a career. And so I know a lot of people, you know, my brother and myself are two years apart. And I just remember Coco turning one and I was like, I am nowhere near ready to do this again. <laughs> like, I love her to death, but like, there, no way, no freaking way. And so when her second birthday came around, we were starting to kind of understand and think, okay, we can do this again. We made it. This is awesome. We're doing really good. We feel like we're getting ready. And so I decided to be really proactive this time around. And so a few months before her second birthday, I booked an appointment with a local naturopath, Dr. Shannon May, if you're in the Duluth area. And my sister had actually been seeing her and really recommended her. And I wanted to approach this pregnancy similar to the way that I approached getting pregnant with Coco. And for me, mentally, after going through loss, I wanted to know that I did everything in my power, everything that I possibly could control to support a pregnancy, to support another life. Do you wish you loved your payroll system as much as your employees love payday? When it comes to your system for filing taxes, running payroll, figuring out benefits, HR, and more, try Gusto. Gusto offers easy online payroll benefits and HR built for modern small businesses with all the management tools you need in one platform. Gusto automatically files and pays all state, local, and federal payroll taxes. Plus, the fast, easy-to-run payroll includes W-2s and 1099 for your team, as well as tools to manage health benefits, 401ks, and more for almost any budget. All your employee paperwork is stored online, and on average, payroll takes just 11 minutes to run. If you want to love running payroll as much as your employees love payday, try Gusto. Get three months free when you run your first payroll at gusto.com slash golddigger. Try it out at gusto.com slash golddigger. Congrats on starting your online store. You're doing what you love. You're selling products that people want and orders might be coming in fast. But now here comes the tricky part, shipping those products out. Luckily, ShipStation makes it super easy. With ShipStation, it's simple to import, manage, and ship your orders out fast for a lot less money. It's no wonder ShipStation is the number one shipping software for e-commerce sellers with more five-star reviews than anyone else. Say you started your shop on Etsy and now you have to figure out how to get all of those beautiful handcrafted products into the hands of your customers. That's what ShipStation is for. It will funnel all of your orders from Etsy or Amazon or your own website into this simple interface that offers you discounted shipping rates from USPS, FedEx, and UPS. You'll ship more in less time. Just use my offer code GOLDDIGGER to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. Just head to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in GOLDDIGGER. That's ShipStation.com, enter offer code GOLDDIGGER. Make ship happen. And so... I went in, I booked an appointment. I said, okay, so I think we're going to be ready to try again in six to eight months. Like, does that feel like enough time? You know, what do you think about this? I remember the doctor was like, oh, I just wish more women would be proactive like this because I often see people after a loss or after they're struggling to get pregnant. And, and it's so much easier to start to tweak and, and change things when you're just preparing. And that really affirmed me in just being proactive and kind of taking that stance 
And it was really, really awesome because we were able to do all the blood work, all the hormone tests, all the labs, like everything that I had done a couple years prior when I was getting ready to get pregnant with Coco, we did it all again. And I remember I sent my lab results to my sister and she was like, talk about a glow up. Like, this is amazing. Like, look at all of these changes that you've made and that you've sustained as a mom that have helped support your body. And even with all of the positive things, there were still a lot of areas where I could improve and I could support my body in deeper ways. And a lot of it, when I look at what I was focusing on, like a lot of it would be good for literally anyone. Like it doesn't matter if you're trying to conceive or not. It was really simple things. It was really taking care of your liver. So much of your fertility is actually kind of stemming off of your liver. Your liver balances everything. Your liver health is so important. And it was something I hadn't looked into. So a lot of it was like detoxing, making sure like I'm starting a prenatal, I'm cutting back on caffeine, I'm supporting my liver, I'm drinking lemon water to help cleanse, I'm taking a probiotic, you know, doing acupuncture again, drinking more water. Like, one of the assignments, like literally after my appointment was to take 100 deep belly breaths daily or meditate for 10 minutes daily, like come back to yourself, come back to your home. And so it was really, really awesome because we were just really excited about like optimizing my health, optimizing my body and taking this proactive stance to give myself that time. So I gave myself like an eight month runway And as we got closer to trying, we did a second hormone test. And one of the things we found that was kind of just like a bummer for me, but my progesterone levels are just naturally low. So you have progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone. And uh, when I was pregnant with Coco, I mentioned it earlier, but I was on extra progesterone, 100 milligrams a day, and I also took baby aspirin. These two things can sometimes help after you've had a miscarriage. Progesterone is a necessary hormone to support a baby's growth, and the baby aspirin can actually just help make sure if you have any sort of clotting disorder uh, that can cause miscarriage, that it can help with that. And so Um, those were regimens that I was planning to adopt when I got pregnant again. And so I was a little bummed because she's like, your progesterone is still low, but like now that we know this, we know we can support it if you get pregnant. And then with the testosterone too, one of the things was like to do more strength training, like it can help balance your hormones. And at the time I was doing more running and Peloton and she was like, you know, maybe do more yoga and bar to help with your cortisol levels, but add in a little bit of strength training. And like just getting some of these like small action items was really helpful for me. And it didn't feel overwhelming like it did years prior. So It was awesome. I highly recommend advocating for your health. I have members of my team right now that are kind of in different seasons with their fertility journey. And, you know, we just very openly talk about it and and the ways that we can be proactive and support our health. And I just think it's something that isn't talked about enough. I also was really focused on tracking my cycles. So as soon as I went in for those tests, I got serious again about tracking my periods. Even on, if you have an iPhone in the health app, you can now do cycle tracking just right in your health app. I also use the Ava bracelet. It's something I've used a lot and I hadn't been using it since we weren't trying. But once I knew we were going to start trying again, you basically just sleep with it on at night. It does a bunch of different health parameters and helps you predict when you're ovulating. And for me, that was super helpful because my cycles are longer than normal. So most people are like 28 to 30 days and mine are usually like 32 to 35 days. And so 
having like those different ways to track my cycles was super helpful for me to just start to like understand my body, get in tune with it, pay attention, knowing what phase of my cycle I'm in. And and that was super, super empowering for me as well. So we knew we wanted to start trying early in the new year. Coco turned to December 16th. We started trying in January. We were kind of half-heartedly trying. It was like we weren't you know, by the book, you know, checking my ovulation and stuff, but we also weren't preventing. And so when my period was due to come in January, it never showed up. And I was like, wait, what? Am I pregnant? And I took a test and it was negative. And I I was really conscious. I was like, okay, pay attention to how you feel, no matter what the result is. Like, if it's negative, maybe this is just a good sign that you are ready, that you you really do want this if you're disappointed. And, and if it's positive, oh my gosh, this happened really quick. And so then a few days later, my period still hasn't come. I'm like, what the heck? So I take another test, negative. I'm like, okay, this is really confusing. So then every single day, my phone is like saying like, your period was predicted to start two days ago, three days ago, five days ago. I'm like, what is going on? So 10 days go by and my period still hasn't come. And so I take another test. And again, I set up my phone in the bathroom because at this point I'm like convinced. I'm like, I had like 10 days late. I've been super regular. I don't understand. So I set up my phone in the bathroom and I like get the test and I like flip it over so we can't see the result. And Drew comes in, we flip it over and it's not pregnant. And I was recording it because I was like, what if I am? And so that was just disappointing, but affirming that, okay, I think we're really, really ready to try. So the next month I started acupuncture again. So I started it when my period was so late because I was honestly quite frustrated with my body. I was like, I don't know why all of a sudden it's going haywire. I'm not under stress. I don't know why it's late. What does this mean for our future cycles? We were really hoping we'd get pregnant in February. Is this going to throw everything off? And so I started doing acupuncture again, which is something I did prior to getting pregnant with Coco. And and it was amazing. If you've never done acupuncture, it's quite an experience. And For me, the act of acupuncture, the tiny little needles, no, they don't really hurt. You can't really feel them. But also just being invited to be quiet and still with yourself and your body for me is super powerful. And so I started doing weekly acupuncture and it was really helpful for me to just feel confident again in my body and my ovulation and all of that. And then I was also using the Ava bracelet and using ovulation strips to pee on to really see if we could get as close to ovulation as possible as we were trying. So the whole act of trying is so weird. It's just goofy. If you've ever been in that season of, of you know, having sex with a goal in mind, it, it can be kind of weird. But we just wanted to keep it light and have fun and not take it super seriously. And I think that we managed to do that, which was a blessing. But I can only imagine for people that are, you know, trying every single month, you're constantly in this two week wait where you're waiting to ovulate and then you're waiting to find out if you're pregnant and then you're, and that is exhausting. So we tried in February, I was doing all the different tests getting acupuncture and just really trying to do everything possible to really optimize our odds of getting pregnant. And one of the biggest blessings in our journey is that we've been able to get pregnant 
quickly every single time, which is something I do not take lightly in the least. And with that blessing comes a lot of fear, especially after experiencing loss, because getting pregnant is one thing. Staying pregnant is what was really scary for me. And so we were at home and I did a Peloton ride and I just felt like short of breath. Like I just felt different. And then that night I was reading Coco, her stories before bed, and she was just like really clingy and snuggly on me. And it just like, I don't know, it just felt weird. I was like, does she know something I don't know? And so the next morning, Drew went to the gym and I had laid out uh, two pregnancy tests. I laid out one of the cheapy ones, like the little Amazon strip ones, and then one of the expensive ones. And I was like, okay, as soon as he goes to the gym, I'm going to do this. Because I didn't want for him to be like, don't take the test too early and be disappointed. I was literally just trying to wait as many days as I possibly could. And I didn't even know when to test because my last cycle was so long. So I was like, I don't even know when my predicted period should be here. So I'm just going to wait as long as possible to try to ward myself off of just being disappointed if I'm not. And so he left for the gym and I peed into a tiny little cup and I dipped the cheap test in and I was like, if I can even see a tiny little faint second line, then I'll do the expensive test. Cause I mean, those tests add up, they can get expensive. And so I did the cheap test and I'm like waiting, waiting, waiting. And I start to see a second line and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to do the expensive one. So I do the expensive one and it's like loading, loading, loading. And I run downstairs and grab my phone. Cause I'm like, if this is real, if this is it, I want to catch my reaction because I'm alone right now. This is so weird. And so right as I hit record, I flipped the test over and it said pregnant. And, oh, I just like held my heart and like I had tears in my eyes and I like couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And it was this like one moment of just like unabashed joy. And then it was followed by like fear. And that's what sucks so much about miscarriage is it's a loss unlike any other loss because it not only robs you of your current joy of like what you're currently experiencing, but it also steals away your future joy. Like you can never have that positive and have that like same feeling, right? Because you know what could be on the other side of that. And so that day, Drew got home from the gym. I got Coco up out of bed. And uh, the night before, I had found this tiny little diaper in my nightstand from the early days of Coco when I was too tired to even get out of bed to change her diaper. And I wrapped up that teeny tiny little diaper. I put the pregnancy test in it and I had Coco head down the stairs and she yelled for dad and I handed it over to him and he kind of looked at like, why am I opening up a diaper? Which I mean, in hindsight was not the best way to tell him, but whatever. And he didn't know I was taking the test. And so he opened it up and he was just like, what? Really? Really? And he like ran up to Coco and he's like, you're going to be a big sister. And like, she had no idea what was going on. And it was just really special. And it was so us. I mean, it was just, we're in our PJs. It was just, you know, it was just a really sweet moment. So we ended up actually telling our families right away. For me, I just, if people are close enough in my life that I feel comfortable to tell them, I'm going to tell them because I need support 
the most during that first trimester. You know, they say like, don't tell people until 12 weeks and all this, but I'm like, if you're going to find out if I'm going to have a loss, then you should absolutely find out that I am pregnant. And so we told our family members, we told our close friends. I told my team my team knew that we were hoping to start trying again. So they were invested in the process and just a part of the journey. And so we told people around us right away. And I think that just helped make it feel a little bit more real. And I called our doctor right away to let him know. And I also needed to get on progesterone ASAP. Like it actually felt like a life or death situation. Like I need to get the progesterone right away to help me sustain every single day as a huge deal at the beginning for me. And so we didn't have our first ultrasound until seven weeks. And um, that's pretty standard. That's pretty normal. And I just really struggled for those first few weeks because I did not allow myself to feel anything. I just was waiting on edge. I remember telling my team, like, I cannot make any decisions right now. I don't know if this is real or not. I don't know if this is going to last or not. I don't know what the next week or month or anything holds. And so it was just really hard emotionally on me every day because I would just be like, do I feel anything? Is everything okay? Every time I went to the bathroom, I would check for blood. Like there's so many things that like lost steals from you. And I, I just remember being really on edge until our ultrasound. And so we went in for our ultrasound and at first the ultrasound tech was like trying to do a belly ultrasound, which there's no way they'd be able to do that that early in the pregnancy. And so then they switched to an internal one and she was looking around and like didn't say anything. And and I don't know what I'm looking at. Like, I don't know how to read these things. And so finally she's like, there's the heartbeat. It looks good. She was measuring. And that, like, I just felt like I took like a, my first breath, you know, in weeks. All we wanted to see was like a flicker. <laughs> like that's all we wanted is just like, give us a flicker of a heartbeat and like a healthy growing baby. And so that was such a relief. We did the whole ultrasound. We did our first appointment. And while it was such a relief, it also still brought doubt. Like I thought, you know, I think part of navigating pregnancy after loss is like every single milestone, you're like telling yourself, okay, once this next thing happens, then I'll feel good. Once this, ha you know, so our next ultrasound was five weeks later. So it's like, okay, so the baby had a heartbeat at this point, but what about now? What about now? What about now? And this pregnancy has actually been totally different than my pregnancy with Coco. And that has brought on a lot of fear in and of itself. Like I said, with her, I was miserably ill. I mean, I laid and just stared at the wall. If I smelt the wrong food, I would throw up. I could barely go on walks. I mean, I just was not a functioning human being when I was pregnant with her and it lasted until about 20 weeks. And this pregnancy has been super different. I don't know if I'm having a boy or if it's just my body's different or I don't know. It's so crazy. So 
I've been really tired. I mean, I think that's normal. And I think that's exasperated by the fact that I'm chasing around a toddler and working again, but it's flying by. Oh, my Lanta. Like it goes so much faster the second time around. I feel like with Coco, I knew every single day. I knew when I hit the next week, I knew what size fruit she was. Like I knew all these things. And I feel like I'm barely keeping up with even knowing that and I feel like most days I forget that I'm pregnant. Like it's it's not that constant thought that I had when I was with her. Not that it's a bad thing. I think it's just, I think I realize now how temporary everything is. I feel a lot better than I did with her. Like I can eat more normal foods. Yesterday I had Brussels sprouts and arugula. Like what the heck? I've only thrown up a few times and beyond just being really tired, I have actually been pretty normal. And so I'm really grateful for this experience because there were so many times when I was pregnant with her that I was like, I don't think I can do this again. This is awful. And so I'm really, really, really thankful that I get to experience a different type of pregnancy and just like different feelings with it. And I, and I hope that it continues to remain this way as well. It was really interesting to this time around planning in terms of career. And I think a lot of times women don't talk enough about career and your decision to start a family and to grow your family. And it's so interesting because whenever I have conversations with women that aren't, you know, recorded or interviews or just, you know, candid conversations, we talk about how challenging it is to figure out when is the right time? What does this mean for my career? what is it going to look like? Am I going to be a good mom? Am I going to have the time to be a good mom? How do I integrate motherhood into my life? Do I have to press pause on everything? What does it, you know, there's just, there's so many factors for women and it's not just in the act of motherhood, it's pregnancy and childbirth and nursing and all that comes with it. It's like, you're really choosing to put yourself and, and your ambitions in the back seat in a way, in a sense for a couple years while you put someone else first. And it's such a, a valuable, rewarding job, but it does make it really challenging as a driven woman, as somebody who does want to pursue big things. And, and so I think it's just something that isn't talked about enough, but I also feel super fortunate with where my business is and with what success looks like for me, that it feels natural to do this again. And that I feel supported in doing this again and that it doesn't scare me like it once did. I, this time around, like I planned out, like if I'm going to be horizontal for five months, I got to like go into this knowing it. And so we almost did like a pre-pregnancy prep in the sense of like being wise about how we're going to approach going into this pregnancy, not knowing how I would feel and then being delightfully surprised that I was still able to really keep up with work for the most part. And now we're able to start working ahead to prepare for maternity leave again and what that looks like. And, and this time I want to take off at least three, if not four months. And that's exciting to me. It doesn't scare me. I know that we're capable of it. And I know that we have the flexibility to do that. And so that's really really just a blessing of entrepreneurship, but also a blessing of that season of waiting where we worked to build things out that would allow for this. And so, you know, I am just so excited. I'm so grateful. I'm so pumped for Coco to be a big sister. 
I'm so excited for us to add another kid to our lives. I'm so excited to watch Drew with a baby again. I'm also excited to go into this knowing what we know now and and having that experience of just how fast it goes and and how much of a blur it really is and you know I'm still really excited for the work stuff that I have planned for this next year but I'm equally just devoting myself and my body and my energy to growing this baby and and really savoring these moments with Coco as an only child and yeah it's just been a really interesting season. And while I absolutely have felt hungover and and felt really crappy and exhausted, I've also just been able to couple that with just joy and gratitude and gratefulness because I think this last year really taught so much of what matters to us and what will we remember and how do we want to spend our time in our lives and what are those moments that we cling to and what does presence look like and all of these lessons packed into a pandemic. I'm just, I'm really, really excited. So I hope that this was interesting. I hope that it empowers you. I hope that you understand that there are things you can do if growing a family is on your horizon. I also hope that you can see, you know, the tragedy and the triumph in my own personal journey and all of the work that went into all of that. And I just, I thank you for being a part of our journey, our family and our story and all that's unfolding and will continue to unfold because I feel like this is just, again, a new beginning and another identity shift that you get to walk through with me. And I think it's beautiful. So thank you for sharing in our joy. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to an episode such as this. And I'll keep you posted on how things go. If there are any specific topics you want for me to cover on the podcast as it pertains to motherhood and career entrepreneurship, business, scheduling, all of those things, please head over to Gold Digger Podcast on Instagram and comment so that we can create the content that you so deeply desire in this season of life where I can really speak into it. Thank you. And say a prayer for 1111. Wouldn't that be a fantastic birthday for this little being? I do not think we're going to find out the gender. We didn't with Coco and it was the best surprise ever. And so I guess we'll have to see who this little one will become. But I am so excited to share whoever this little soul is with you as a part of my family. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 